I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, yet really wants top quality soil, I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable sustainable, eco-friendly brand who really emphasizes the importance of natural ingredients to enrich their soil. And I mean, they have, like I said, top quality with rigorous quality control and OMRI listed certification. Their diverse range of products caters to all gardening needs. Most of our soils may lack appropriate nutrients for success for our plants and our plants need this. We want to regenerate the healthy microbes in our soils to set up for gardening success and just for our plants to thrive. So if we add Coast of Maine products, this will indeed help. Whether you're planting trees or shrubs or perennials in your yard, adding Coast of Maine soil in your planting holes leads to a long, slow feeding of your plants, making them self-sufficient and vibrant, which we love. Let's say you want a vegetable garden, 
Not only will you receive abundant harvest, but there will be less feeding and maintenance throughout the season. Amazing. You know that everything grown in Coast of Maine soil is organic and safe for your family and friends right out of the garden. And then you get to also feel good about their sourcing as I'm so thankful they provide natural ingredients because they will never include household waste or biosolids. And we know that nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, cultivated from products and practices rooted in coast of Maine. And so they will continually perfect the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and the place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. We love supporting local and the products are carried by local retail partners who can provide advice and insight not found in big box stores. So Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. And their products make organic gardening simple and approachable so we can all garden. So let's get to growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. That's Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, Coast of dot you know hip-hop you have the, the the elements right you have the dj the mc the graffiti artist the b-boy the b-girl and you have the community the culture hip-hop was created as a way, you know, really essentially diffuse gang violence and, and create, you know, as a grassroots culture. And the in the yoga I was experiencing is like it's very similar. It's like people just getting together, breathing, meditating, practicing, and it had this similar vibe of like like it was very individually based, like you had to do it yourself, but there was a community and there was unity, there was shared ethics. And so I just fell into it and I fell in love with it. Now let the magic begin. Raquel and I am so excited to share this episode. Surprise, surprise, I'm pretty sure I'm excited to share every episode, but this one I'm really excited to share for my musician friends listening and also my fellow yogi friends listening and my fellow creative friends listening. So probably you listening, it's MC Yogi. He's here to share his journey and magic. And if you don't know who he is, well, MC Yogi is a world-renowned performing artist and yoga teacher. And those of you who are creatives and spiritualists may be very inspired by how MC Yogi devotes his life to the crafts. He basically was one of the pioneers of mixing hip-hop with yogic philosophy. Kind of a badass, I know. And MC Yogi also just released his memoir this year, Spiritual Graffiti, Finding My True Path. Oh, the story though, the story though, you just wait. Ooh, and I highly recommend his last album, Ritual Mystical, I love that name, in which he collaborated on with East Forest 
end his album One Love Is Real because it features songs with Modest Yahoo, who's somebody I've listened to for years, and also the one and only Trevor Hall, which, you know, I've listened to a couple times. And in this episode, he shares these collaborations. I asked them how they manifested, he tells me, and also what it's like working with these artists. It's a heart melter. <laughs> Fair warning. Anyways, in this episode, we expand on so, so much more from growing up as a juvenile delinquent, and now he's a superhuman spreading peace and love through yoga and meditation and music with the world. By the way, I had to add superhuman because he kind of has an obsession with comic books, which you'll hear, so we talk about that. We talk about that. I also just really enjoy his perspective on the world, his perspective on life, and also death, and how death has influenced the being he is today. Plus, he adds many stories of master teachers in his past, including master yoga teacher Sri K. Patabi Joyce and the teachings all his teachers passed on to him. And, oh, I must not forget to mention, he collaborates with his beautiful wife, Amanda. And in this, you'll hear the love he has for her. How he truly embraces her like a queen, the queen that she is. In which, <laughs> ladies, this is the kind of love and the kind of embrace that we all deserve. So show the universe that you don't deserve anything less. <laughs> I was lucky enough to interview Amanda for her 10,000 Buddhas project, but also just dive into the very wise soul she is, and you'll hear her next week. And now, Yomi Review of the Week. Actually, I felt like I was in the mood just because I was in the mood to do two Yomi Reviews of the Week because these two were very short and sweet, so I thought, why not? So this is from I Am Fact. This podcast has changed my outlook on simple, everyday actions and life overall. It's truly magical. Listen to some episodes and you'll be so happy you did. Love and it's blank. But I Am Fact. Thank you. That is so sweet. The next one is by Fairy Mum. I'm assuming you are from the UK side of the world, and Fairy Mum writes, I discovered this podcast about two weeks ago. I wasn't really sure what I was looking for, but after listening to the first episode, this was it. I feel so much love and learned so many ways to cope in this crazy life. Red Heart. Ugh, Fairy Mum, Red Heart to you. Thank you both so much for these five-star reviews. Honestly, reading reviews whether they're short or long truly are highlights of my week and it means the world plus <laughs> i take them as universal messages and signs to just keep going you're helping someone in some way and this is just like a little love note so thank you so much and you listening if you haven't reviewed or you haven't reviewed in a long long time and you would like to leave a review please feel free. I would love to read it and share it on, on another podcast. 
And as I've been following little calls to do more and expand more and reach more, it's been a dream of mine to host a retreat. If you didn't know already, the first ever Your Own Magic Retreat, that's right, Yom Retreat is taking place in Bali July 22nd through the 26th of 2019. I am so looking forward to do some transformative and soulful work with you coming alongside with my highly intuitive and very powerful co-leader Bree Melanson, who has been on this show twice by the way, and in those episodes she shares messages that she channels and what she's learned through years of teaching people all around the world how to connect with their intuitive guidance and their spirit guides and of course their soul. So. She'll not only be doing that on this retreat, but she'll also be channeling, and you'll be able to ask her questions in that state, which is a very surreal experience, <laughs> literally. And yes, there are going to be plenty of spiritual rituals we'll be diving into. There will be dancing, writing, breath work, and of course, yoga meditation. We'll be releasing a lot of BS that is holding us back, those energetic blocks that suppress us in some way. And of course, <laughs> so much plant-based food. But what I'm looking forward to most is deepening the connection with my soul family. It's still open. There's a link in the show notes if you'd like more details to apply or you can head to yourownmagic.life forward slash retreat and also for all the beautiful souls who applied and couldn't make it happen this time around for whatever reason one the fact that you applied <laughs> i just want you to know that i see it and i see you <laughs> I am beyond grateful for the fact that you even cared to apply and share your love for this experience and this podcast and me and <laughs> wow, just so you know, you really got to me and I hope that you trust as I trust that, you know, this retreat is only the starting point to many other Euro Magic get-togethers and opportunities and I can't wait to finally meet you. I already know, actually I already told and thank the universe for allowing me to meet everyone who listens to this podcast and deeply resonates with this podcast and in that I have been getting inspired ideas <laughs> which is so exciting because I can't wait to do yoga with you and dance with you and zen out with you in no time but if you can make it to bali make it in july then come to the bali retreat it will be so magical literally <laughs> and now i believe it is finally time to let the magic begin with mc yogi
so excited to have you. Seriously, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks, Raquel. It's good to be with you. Yeah. Do people ever call you Nick or Nicholas? Uh, yeah, most people. <laughs> so I mean, it depends. <laughs> like some people just yeah. have, have known me since I'm, I became MC Yogi, so they just refer to me like that. But either way is good. And also, I have indeed flowed to your music in my practice, and I'm pretty certain, like I'm, I'm confident that Shanti, Peace Out, is the Shavasana theme song of the decade because almost every yoga teacher plays it <laughs> in corpse pose wherever I am at practicing on Mama Earth. And so I've listened to that a million times, I think, and I've even followed a yoga flow of yours taught by you online and I loved it. And I thought, hey, he should come on the podcast. So that's when I reached out and now you're here. And so I'm, again, I'm so thankful. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. That <laughs> That Shanti track is a deep, deep track. I I think that we recorded that in maybe 2008. So it's been around for a while, but it's a lot of people have used it all over the world. So it's really cool. And they're still using it because it gets us deep, deep, yeah. deep <laughs> into that moment. I've released so much. So thank you. You've healed a lot more than you even know. Um, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. And... Just to begin, before we dive into the deep stuff, I'm just curious, what is the first thing that comes to mind that lights you up most in this season of your life? Um, right now, just really super stoked to be alive, really. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there, there's a lot of things. You know, I recently wrote a book, which I was really excited to, to share with the world. It's called Spiritual Graffiti, and it's sort of my journey of, you know, growing up. Um, in the Bay Area, I was a juvenile delinquent, got kicked out of three schools, got arrested a bunch of times. I was a graffiti artist and ended up living in a group home for at-risk youth for two and a half years. And then I discovered uh, yoga and meditation thanks to my to my dad and, and then went on to study with a lot of amazing teachers and mentors in my life. And um, just looking back when I was writing the book, reflecting, it's like, wow, there's so many opportunities where I could have just, you know, because I was in some major car accidents and some near-death experiences and so many times where I, that could have been it and you know I'm still here so I feel like there's there's got to be a reason and I'm just grateful you know that I made it through so many of those trials and tribulations that I could be sitting here with you today and and to be able to share some of that story is just it's really cool to be able to reflect and see how far I've come wow okay you're truly a walking inspiration and i feel like that is, it's so interesting i think that's one way people so many people can connect with a story like this but i've noticed people that have had many different struggles such as substance abuse or they're drug addicts alcoholics foodaholics or deeply depressed or had near-death experiences like you talked about it's so interesting that many of them they might just take one yoga class or read one book on spirituality or have that one connected experience in meditation and they just get a taste of that high that they once craved from something else then instead they find another high that feeds their soul and then they begin to really dive into so much of the soulful wisdom yoga and spirituality attracts so many people deep in darkness i think down deep all of us we all you know just speaking from my experience but I have the sense that all of us know that a lot of what's fed to us is just not really based in truth. We're all looking for ways to sort of cope and deal with a lot of the traumas that we've been through. We all have a scarred heart. Like none of us have had an easy go of it. Even, you know, people who maybe are economically well off, you know, oftentimes there's a lot of 
deep issues with the family and, and stuff people don't even talk about. And so I think we, we're all walking around with a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And, you know, we, we're all trying to figure out ways to cope with all that tension, stress, and anxiety. And, you know, many of us, including myself, like we have to try a lot of things before we find, you know, what works. And for me, I felt like I was stumbling through the darkness for a long time. And it wasn't until I sort of fell into my first yoga practice that I really discovered a way of feeling free and being happy and, and content and and peaceful that wasn't reliant on anything external. It was just me, my breath, my attention, and my ability to go into myself and to reconnect with, you know, what's true, not what other people are telling me is true, but what I, through my own experiments, because yoga is like a science, it's like a medicine, so you have to do it over and over again until you fig- find out, you know, how it works. Uh, just through my own practice, you know, I figured I figured out and had that experience that there's something much greater than my mind, much deeper than my thoughts, much bigger than religion, bigger than philosophy, that's greater than, you know, all these things externally. Like I found that, had that experience of that deep, deep state of, of just feeling peace and bliss and, and connection and unity. Um, but if anyone would have told me about that, I probably wouldn't have believed them because I think I had to experience it directly for myself in order to know it was real. And up until that point in my life, I tried so many things and I just felt so much uh, suffering. And, you know, when I started to practice yoga, that suffering started to slowly, you know, dissolve and and not have such a grip on me. And I I was able to kind of free myself up and I'm still engaged in that, that process, that practice, those experiments. But what I found is that it works. So I just keep going back to it over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you devote your life then to this practice? Uh, for me, it's my lifeline. Like, you know, meditation is, I think the number one source of misery in the world is the mind. The mind can take a heaven and turn it into a hell. It can create problems where there aren't any problems. It can create divisions. And, you know, we can see shadows and, and just tell all these stories and get caught up in the web of our own illusions. And we all suffer and struggle with that you know, you know, being able to manage our mind and it takes training, it takes discipline, it takes practice. And I can't say that I've mastered or perfected anything. I'm just really deeply um, involved and engaged in the question of like, how can I, you know, how can I become a better yogi? How can, how can I be a better person? It just keeps leading me back to my practice. And fortunately, the yoga tradition is so deep and so rich. There's so many different facets, so many different tools and techniques that you can develop so many different branches and schools of thought, different philosophies. It's, you know, yoga is like an ocean. And so whenever I sort of submerge and immerse and saturate myself in that, in those teachings, and I really go deep in my practice, like I I feel so much better. You know, it's like going, you know, to the car wash, I call the karma wash, where you just get that new karma smell. That's it. Karma wash. (laughs) (laughs) Yoga is like an ocean. When you reflect on those old days before you found yoga and before you were walking this path to discover this light, do you ever go back and reflect on those old days to write new music? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, they, they those, you know, our past experiences, they never really leave us. 
You know, it's like the lines, the creases in our hands, you know, our wrinkles, our scars, like all of that is from everything that we experienced before. And so, it, you know, it's shaped our character. And um, I reflect all the time just looking back at all the things that I experienced, good, bad, ugly, and all the things that I was able to survive. And I think that it, it was all necessary in the sense that it kind of led me to where I am today. And um, so I look back, you know, with a grateful heart, just, you know, I give thanks that, that I'm alive and, you know, there's still time, there's still opportunity. I can still practice. I can still move. I'm here. I'm with my family, my friends. I feel like that's the most valuable, precious thing is to really, instead of focusing on everything we don't have and everything that's in the future and everything we want, every time I stop and look back and see it, like just how many blessings is how much, um, how much life I've been able to live and place I've been able to travel. And I, I don't know, it just makes me really grateful and it kind of shifts my, my mind and my perception. And I go from complaining, like calm plane to a more calm plane. Like ah. I feel, I feel more, more peaceful and more happy because if for so many years I was always in a state of looking at what I didn't have and you know, what was, what was, what wasn't good enough and what was broken and, and I think the moment that I started practicing and I was able to kind of shift my attention back in toward everything that's working and really build on that foundation and be grateful for everything that's working, that it gives me more of a sort of platform to stand on and I can move forward with more confidence, more grace and more ease. Uh, and so it's a, you know, it's a practice I got to keep coming back to it all the time because the mind is slippery and it, it falls into illusion very quickly. Oh, yeah. See, it's not so interesting once you do begin to share with the world these messages that feel as though you are really, you're sharing messages from the soul. Isn't it interesting that people will assume that it's as if you have it all figured out and all together, yet at the same time, they don't know that, of course, that mind can so easily still slip in and take the wheel but that's when the practices the pra the yogic philosophy comes in and that's when you start to really implement those tools in order to shift that yeah and often we tend to just see the appearance that people want to project you know like whether it's social media or you know mm -hmm. even just in person you know people are presenting themselves in a certain way because it's their um survival Rhetoric, mode like, yeah. yeah like you want to be secure and not let anybody know if you're going through struggling or or suffering and you know there's a lot of a lot of drug addiction and stuff to, and and people kind of mask all that and i think one of the the greatest strengths is you know to really develop the ability to be vulnerable and be honest and to connect and and uh, it doesn't always have to be shiny and happy all the time you know we there's a, a tremendous bliss there's tremendous joy and peace but you know, we're not always in that space. Like we're, you know, speaking from, for myself, like I'm, you know, flickering in and out of it. And, uh, that's why it's so important to have, you know, good community, friends, family, you know, I'm very lucky, you know, cause I have an amazing wife who I think you're going to be interviewing as well. Right after you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's one reason why I encourage everyone and myself, I even have to re-encourage myself to be raw and to be vulnerable and to speak what is going on with this human at this time and also encourage my guests to, to express their raw truth because that is really what heals. 
that's really that golden light that heals because people can really relate and recognize that they're not alone. And loneliness is what can drive us into the darkness and allow that mind to take over. Yeah. And then, you know, just being really honest, like, you know, sometimes I see a lot of people just being really raw and vulnerable and oversharing all the time on social media and (laughs) using it as a way to manipulate because it's like, you know, suck people into your drama. And I think that that's, you know, so it's always like a nuanced fine line seeking that middle path of like being really honest, but also not like feeding the illusion of the ego, which creates a lot of problems where there doesn't even necessarily need to be any problems. Um, So I think that's what the yogis call the razor's edge. You know, it's like exerting effort, putting forth energy, really developing your practice, your meditation, your yoga, but also not getting swept up in all the stories about yourself, thinking that you're more important or special than anyone else. Uh, I, you know, it's for me, like yoga kind of levels the praying field. Like it helps me to kind of get out of my own way and, and hopefully not be like projecting all my stuff onto anybody else and just kind of, you know, really working to be just like a calm, clear presence, which is, man, that is, in the Bhagavad Gita, it says like, it's like trying to tame your mind, like trying to tame the wind. It's very challenging. Mm-hmm. So then how do you decipher the illusion of the ego and perhaps that inner voice that is letting you know it's okay to share this specific vulnerability or just share whatever or experience what? whatever? Yeah, I think a good way to sort of measure and gauge that I found is like, is this coming from a place of fear or is this coming from a place of love, being of service? And mm-hmm. Sometimes fear fear rears its head all the time and it's not a bad thing. I think oftentimes, you know, I was, we were on a panel the other week and uh, my wife was on the panel with me and Amanda and we were talking and someone had asked her the question, like, how do you deal with fear? Because Amanda um, she's an amazing muralist and, and graffiti painter. And, mm-hmm. you know, she has to, sometimes those buildings are like three stories high and stuff. And she's scared of heights. Wow. And, uh, well, yeah, and it's like, even as a performer, like going out in front of an audience and, or being a public speaker, it's, you know, you have to, you have to look at fear and instead of fear becoming the wall that stops you like fear has to become the door it has to become the fuel it has to become your friend you have to become familiar with that feeling so that you're like okay fear is showing up that means i'm close to something great so i'm gonna just listen to it and turn that fear into my teacher i'm not gonna let it um you know persuade me to 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 shut down but i am gonna listen to it because there might be some wisdom like fear is coming up for a reason like maybe there's something i need to be careful of here so i'm gonna listen to it but i'm not gonna let it stop me i'm gonna use that fear to propel me forward onto the stage or onto the podcast or whatever i have to do um because i honestly i'm really pretty shy like um introverted person really so i have to really kind of move through that but now it's become like second nature i've done it so many times where really i don't it doesn't affect me as much as it used to. See, every introvert listening, every shy one listening, take note. Look, (laughs) MC Yogi right here, he has allowed himself to step into and become whatever he 
thought of whatever you desired in a sense, because you're not only a musician and a yoga teacher because you felt called to pursue that, but you even wrote a book as a cherry on top. And so from an outside perspective, you know, that someone that doesn't know you, people might think like, oh, it was seamless and, it, you know, it, or that easily happened because he already had gained an audience from yada yada, but you still have to face your own fear and you've still battled and other challenges along the way. So what would you advise someone that really, really allows fear or barriers or challenges or the belief that they can't hold them back? I can only really speak from my own experience because it's all I really know. Well, exactly. Um, We're, we only, I only want your voice and your <laughs> No, that's a great question. And I think, um, you know, the, the best thing you can do is to face it and to sit with it and to and to ask it questions and and to be in conversation like what am i afraid of why am i afraid of this and then you know really mine it like try to get some good information from that and then take that and put it in the fire like and just move forward and and just let it you know let it let it become a part of the energy and the momentum instead of fear being a downward flowing force that's pulling you down you kind of you know you 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 spin it so that now you know now it's behind you and below you and it's propelling you forward and lifting you up instead of like being in front of you and above you like holding you down you just like you kind of flip it and then you do that by facing it now if you don't face it then that's the energy that's going to bury you but if you turn and face it look it in the eye acknowledge it and say I'm not told I'm not afraid because that fear is myself and you it's really looking yourself in the eyes and then being in conversation like why 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 are you showing up here what do I need to learn what what do I need to understand and then once you get, gather that knowledge by just listening and being in that that process that inquiry then you can spin it and it becomes your you know the wind and that that force is kind of propelling you forward lifting you up but essentially it's just energy, you know, it's just, it's all just energy. And how do you turn that energy into like a, a renewable sort of resource of, of fuel? <sighs> no wonder your music is also so raw because you listened when you were seeking that wisdom, when you, after you had the experience and the turmoil in every challenge that you had went through and, and now you carry so much wisdom with you well it's always been in you but you're sharing it with the world and not only your music but with your yoga and whatever you decide to create and you know what one thing that I love by the way I just have to say is that I love how you interweave yogic philosophy and this wisdom into your music and you also will share many stories that I've never even known before like Hindu stories and <laughs> And they are there for us to connect more deeply with both the present moment and ourself, ourself with a capital S. Can you think of any short story that comes to mind at the top of your head, perhaps one that you wrote about? Yeah, there's so many stories, like volumes of stories. Um, <laughs> there's a story that I never really you know, put it into a song, but um, there's a story of a friend um, that I was spending some time with a few years back, so older older gentleman, 
really cool, amazing guy. Like uh, he's a carpenter, and um, he would he would spend a lot of time in and out of jail. Um, he was a heroin addict, and he had taken a bad batch of heroin. And um, this is in San Francisco, and, and uh, he flatlined, and he ended up in the emergency room, and he actually died. Like he, like all of his vital signs stopped. Um, the heroin was full of uh, flesh-eating bacteria. It was it was a bad. It was poison, and he injected it, and he died. And he had this experience, and he had shared it with me. I was sitting in his uh, at his dining room table, and he was telling me about what he had saw what he saw on the other side. And he said, "I, I was ushered to this this space. It was like a field, and it was luminous, and it was a lot like." you know, nature that we see here on earth, but, but it was more subtle, uh, more fluid and the colors were different. And, and he felt himself be guided to this lake and he had sat on the edge of this lake and he just sat there and he waited. And, um, this woman, uh, appeared like her image. She emerged kind of hovering above this lake and he sat there looking up at her and just, like was filled with this love. He just felt this overwhelming sense of compassion and and kindness. And she began to communicate with him. And uh, he said she was like a Buddha and she was just beautiful and just radiant and exuding just so much love and, and bliss and blessings. And, and she said, um, you're not finished. She said, go back and turn your suffering into your strength. And with those words, he kept repeating, turn your suffering into your strength, turn your suffering into your strength, turn your suffering into your strength. And then he felt himself like rush back into his body and his vitals came back, his heart started beating again. They were able to resuscitate him and he survived. And uh, he went on and with his carpentry skills, he went on and became like a building temples and stuff like that, like Buddhist temples and, um, but I remember that and it, it, when he told me that, like you were talking about getting chills, like I got chills. Like I felt like, uh, like a bell had rung when he, when he said that, because that, that, that teaching of like turning, take your suffering, everything that's hard that happened to you, all the trauma, and we all have trauma and no one comes into this world in an easy way. It's traumatic, you know, like all the things we have to go through, all the lies we have to navigate through all the, you know, our society, our culture, um, so we all have this pain and this suffering that we're, you know, we're having to, to heal. And, um, that teaching, take your suffering and turn it into your strength, um, really became like, a like a guiding light or force for me, because I think, you know, I'm a student of comic books and, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, I'm an illustrator and I love to draw I was a graffiti artist growing up and, always been fascinated and inspired by superheroes, which is why I'm so attracted and drawn to mythology. And one of the common themes in, you know, shout out and, and respect moment of silence for Stan Lee, who just passed away. Uh, he's a great pioneer in the comic book industry. And um, he used to say that the prerequisite for becoming a superhero is almost always every hero has had some trauma, something horrible has happened to them, the loss of a parent, the loss of a loved one, some tragedy. Um, but they were able to somehow take that energy and spin it 
and turn it into a set of skills and a strength and ability that they could in turn go out and, and serve the greater good. And that's what creates a hero. Um, whereas like a villain, something traumatic happened to them as well. But instead of processing that pain and dealing with it, they kind of lash out against the world um, because essentially they're fighting with themselves and that's being sort of reflected all around them. Um, whereas a hero who's not always perfect, most times the heroes are still very human, very flawed, even in like the great mythology, um, it, it's very humbling because the heroes like often fail and make mistakes, but there is some kind of desire to want to be good and do good. Um, and so I always love that story uh, that my friend Craig shared with me about, you know, going to the other side and receiving that message and coming back and, and being able to take your pain and turn it into something beautiful. Yeah. And that was heroic of him. And also yourself. I mean, you took that energy, that pain that you went through and you spun it and you turned to the skill of yoga and hip hop. <laughs> What's fascinating is I, I love that you mixed the two and it's as if you pioneered the union of the two. That is part of your superhero isms in this life. And so I'm curious what sparked this and how does it feel to see it pick up so much steam because people are practicing yoga and doing hip hop everywhere now or wait, vice versa. Practice. Uh, yeah. Practicing yeah. yoga while listening to hip hop. Um, when I started, um, so I've been practicing for about 20 years and when I started it, yoga was becoming popular, but it wasn't nearly, you know, what it's like today with like, you know, yoga clothing companies and mm -hmm. and festivals and all, all the kind of stuff that's <laughs> happening now, which is great. Yeah. You know, all that's yeah. good, man. It's, but um, when I was starting, it was like very um, alternative and kind of underground and um, it wasn't very mainstream. And, you know, when I'd go and practice in San Francisco, most of the people, you know, are like tattooed and, you know, kind of, you know, musicians and artists and, um it was like more fringe. And so when I got into it, like I, I was really, I was excited because there was all these group of people doing all this crazy stuff and practicing yoga. And it was like this like subculture. And I was like, oh, this is cool, man. And um, I never really set out. I never thought I'd be a teacher. I never even really thought I would be a musician. I always, in my mind's eye, thought that um, when I was young, my dream was always to be like a comic book illustrator or a cartoonist. And, and, um, so when I found yoga after living in, I was living in a group home for about two and a half years. So I was getting into a lot of trouble and failing all my uh, classes and getting kicked out of schools. And, and uh, when I found yoga, uh, it was like, it was a combination of like the, the postures to me were reminiscent of breakdancing because, you know, my friends, we all grew up, you know, breakdancing, painting graffiti, DJing, MCing and all that, all that. And so it was very similar. And then when I started to study about the philosophy, you know, there was so much that it, it just seemed so connected to hip hop. Like, you know, hip hop, you have the, the the elements, right? You have the DJ, the MC, the graffiti artist, the B-boy, the B-girl, and you have the community. The culture of hip hop was created as a way, you know, really essentially diffuse gang violence and, and create 
you know, it's a grassroots culture. And the in the yoga I was experiencing is like it's very similar. It's like people just getting together, breathing, meditating, practicing, and it had this similar vibe of like like it was very individually based. Like you had to do it yourself, but there was a community and there was unity. There was shared ethics, and so I just fell into it and I fell in love with it. And uh, I never really set out to like even really make hip hop music with yoga philosophy, but that's I was just deeply, deeply, deeply vibing on my practice and on what I was learning, traveling to India and studying with my teachers. And because I'd grown up listening to hip hop and, and painting and they just kind of came together and yeah, just kind of, it's like a beautiful marriage. Oh, yes, it is such a beautiful marriage. And you talked about teachers that you studied with in India. Did, didn't you study with Shri K. Patabi Joyce? I did study with Patabi Joyce, yeah, for for many years. Um, sort of in the late, that was sort of in the later phase of his life. Um, Guruji or, or Patabi Sri K. Patabi Joyce, he was in his eighties by the time I met him. Wow! Uh, what was the greatest message or lesson that you received from him? Um, just his smile, really. Wow. Like you know, the, the, there's an old saying that people don't really remember what you say; they remember how you said it, and and just being in, whenever I have the opportunity to be in the presence of someone who's practiced yoga for a long, long time, there is a there is a tangible energy and a feeling like there's a, I don't know, there's just like a good quality. And, uh, you know, the, I was just really lucky because I, I had a lot of teachers. Um, one in particular was my teacher, Dorothy Divak, who just recently passed away last week, actually. She was um, in her 80s and she was a, an amazing, incredible being of light. She's originally from Harlem, New York. And um, she became one of my mentors. And um, she taught me really um, a lot of her teachings came from A Course in Miracles, which, which I was never, I wasn't too familiar with. So she kind of introduced me to that. And these teachings like only love is real and what is not real can never exists and what is real will always exist it can never be threatened or destroyed and um you know that had a big impact on me uh, and she i went and saw her in the bronx recently she, um, she was in hospice and um in the sort of the final days of her life and uh, amanda and i went to be by her bedside and she was just beaming just so beautiful and just like a so regal and so divine and filled with so much joy and you could just see all her years of just studying and faith and, and the teachings and how it was just right there with her, right up to the moment where she crossed the threshold and left her body. And she she was diagnosed with brain tumors. And uh, one thing she told me when I saw her was, they can remove the tumor, but they can't remove the humor. <laughs> yeah. And she was, you know, so I, I got to give thanks to my teachers, Dorothy and Larry and Patabi Joyce and so many of the great, great, amazing um, people I've had the great honor and privilege to spend time with. I feel really lucky and fortunate. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Spiritual Graffiti, was to share a lot of the teachings that they passed on to me. And knowing that a lot of them aren't alive anymore, I thought, you know, it's a great way to carry on that legacy. I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of people have been saying like some people, um, you know, that they, they've been getting the book on. I did, I did the audio for the book on tape. Oh, 
yes, that's what I'm going to listen to. Yeah, so a lot of people like that because they're just driving in their car or whatever, and they can just put it on and enjoy the stories. <gasps> yes, I've been looking for a new Audible to listen to, so this is perfect. A message to my fellow Yomi. You don't need anything to be more beautiful than you already are, as you know, but... I do understand the uncomfort of walking around with digestive issues and I've also seen my beautiful friends that are so glowing and radiant but they happen to have a hard time with their skin and both of these issues show that there is something unbalanced from within and that is why I am so 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 happy to have Hum Nutrition stay with your own magic as one of our most supportive sponsors and for the yomis who have worked with their tried and true supplements and of course some humanisms in this human experience create more challenges so hum may have many different solutions to help you out with that they have the highest quality supplements as they meticulously select the right, just the perfect micronutrients to balance the beauty from within, from the tummy issues or skin and nails and metabolism and energy and sleep or deficiencies like B12 and vitamin D or just a complete detox of the body. Hum has a variety of gluten-free, non-GMO products and most of them are vegan so for the soul tribers you can receive a free nutrition report to find the right nutrients to balance your deficiencies and you can also receive 20 percent off your purchase so you'll not only be supporting your own magic by supporting our sponsor but you'll also be supporting your shell so just go to humnutrition.com and enter the promo code magic for 20 percent off that's humnutrition.com promo code magic <laughs> One question that does come to mind now after all that you've studied with every great, great human being and soul that you've studied with, do you now have a different perspective on death? Yeah, I I do. It's um I think death is one of the greatest motivating factors for doing really good work. Um I think knowing how precious and valuable our time is and not wanting to waste it on half-ass work and doing shit that's not really important or meaningful. Um, I think if you've been close to death, like I was, you know, I sat at the bedside when my grandfather passed away, his last breath blew across my face. Um, and my grandfather was my hero growing up, still is. And I was really lucky I got to spend a lot of time with him in the final stages of his life and got to be with him as he transitioned and left the body. And, um, he was always so committed to just doing really good work. And I think that's the greatest lesson that I've, that I'm learning now is that, you know, more precious than money, uh, more precious than fame, more precious than anything that's external, any of these accolades or awards or anything like that. It's really, um, is time. It's, Time is the most valuable thing we have on earth and how we spend that time, how we devote that time and what we give our time to. Most importantly is like whatever you're engaged in, just do it really good. Like make great work for the 
for for not just yourself but for everybody in your life like it it's, it leaves a legacy and uh really lucky because i got to spend some amazing time with some really incredible people who are no longer in their body and you know i'll, I'll never be able to to you know see them again in that way but i know that i was there with them and that i listened to them and i learned from them and i paid attention to them and i respected them and i loved them and you know in that way they're with me now because i carry that with me forward uh, and i would say spend time with with older people man like i feel our culture and you know especially in america like we need to have more respect for for our elders and more respect for um you know our you know people who are in the later stages of life it's it's such a blessing to be with them um we should always remember that wow I'm even going to take that message and put it in my pocket because <laughs> it's so true. There's You were talking about how people that have been practicing yoga for such a long time, there's just something about their presence that it's unparalleled because they you just feel so much purity and love <laughs> and wisdom. And I also yeah. love – oh, keep going. No, I'm just going to add to what you're saying. I think you're right on. And authenticity. I think mm -hmm. that's the thing that I really sort of appreciate the most about, you know, my those teachers that I got to spend time with. My grandfather, my first teacher, Larry, my teacher, Dorothy. Like, they were all just really authentic, like not trying to be anything, but just really themselves and really honest and just loving and, and so generous. And, um, yeah, I think it's really that's really if you meet someone authentic um you know it's it's so cool to be around them i there's a there's a saying that um and i'm really lucky because i get to spend so much time with my wife who's an amazing artist um and she does this talk because she has this project called Ten Thousand buddhas where she's been painting these graffiti buddhas all over the world and there's a there's a quote by the buddha and it says um if you meet a fool if you find that you're spending time in the presence of people who are foolish and, and wasting time and wasting their energy and they say if that's the situation you're in then it's better to be alone but if you meet someone who's got a kind heart someone who's true a real friend someone who's authentic someone who's honest someone who loves you someone who cares for you then it's better to walk with them all the way um wow. yeah and so i think you know that's the most valuable thing we have is time and the most the best thing we can do with our time is spend it with people we love. Mm, I can't wait to talk to her. <laughs> yes, Amanda's awesome. And you also spend a lot of time, it seems, well, I don't know about a lot of time, but you do collaborate with a lot of very inspiring, soulful artists like Modest Yahoo and East Forest. And then, of course, one of my favorites, Trevor Hall, who has been on this podcast twice. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I'm so curious how do these collabs manifest if you could take us inside a studio for a moment and tell us what it is like when two talented musicians come together to create something for our souls to enjoy well working with trevor hall was just it was just so easy and so fun he just slid into the studio and we just dropped right in and his contribution was just super awesome and Modest Yahoo's uh, similar experience recording together. Uh, I never thought that I'd 
get to work with him and, and, you know, just the stars align, everything fell into place and, and East force, another great collaborator, and a really talented musician. Um, but all those things, I don't know, it's kind of a mystery. Like they just kind of happen. Like, how do you meet people in your life? Like, how do you fall in love? Like, it's not really a recipe or a formula. I, I do think, you know, at on some level, you, you probably want to have an intention. Um, but the, the, the how is a mystery. It's, I guess just stay focused on the what and and let the universe take care of the how. And the why. I think because you're also so strong in your why. Yeah, why is key too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, and also thank you so much for doing so much great work and meaningful work. You were talking about how we shouldn't, you know, half-ass our work, but we should really commit to something that is meaningful and that's not only going to serve ourselves but serve the world. And I'm curious what you – you your flow is like if how you tap into your creative mode or does that also just happen it just you don't know how but it just does or do you actually have like a flow that you kind of feel uh my my flow is sporadic erratic and ecstatic like it's it's all it's all (laughs) over the place it's at times super messy and then at times super organized and then you know, at times none of it makes sense. At times it all makes sense. And it's just like a, it's a pulsation of galaxies of stars rushing in and out of the center and sometimes be completely lost and bewildered. And sometimes the constellation is clear. Everything is connected and it's sort of like a dance like that. That's beautiful. (laughs) And also collaborating with your wife. That is so amazing that you get to spend the time with her, but you also collaborate with her and you perform with her and you create art. What is that like with somebody that you love? Well, that's the best of both worlds. That's that's heaven on earth. Like when everything is lined up and we get to teach together or, you know, for many years when I was traveling and performing at festivals or in clubs, Amanda was doing the, the live um, visual art aspect of the show and, it's just really cool because anyone who's ever had a road life or toured a lot knows that it's really hard, man. It's so difficult to be out on the road and to be staying in hotels and, you know, the rigors of in and out of planes, buses, cabs, Ubers, all that kind of stuff. And when you have someone who you love that's traveling with you, it just makes everything like it becomes a joy. Because you get to share the experience together, take pictures, go find good food, meet new people. It just kind of doubles your happiness. Dear universe, I am welcoming this into my life. (laughs) (laughs) Dear yogis and active peeps, Fabletics has an extra special treat for you for the Soul Tribe, gifting you two leggings for only $24. Yeah. To help you live your passion every day. <laughs> Just go to fabletics.com forward slash magic. And if you are not familiar with Fabletics, well, they're basically the Netflix of yoga pants. And this may be embarrassing to say, but they're pretty much <laughs> the only thing I wear these days as they are just so cozy and fit so well on my human shell, making my human shell feel so fit. And my favorite pair of yoga pants are still my rose-colored high-waisted Fabletics, but also my new high-waisted Black Capris. And oh, they just, they look so good, they feel so good, and they make me just want to play and flow. All their pants do. 
and also their sports bras. They may be my new obsession, especially on my runs because they really hold me in. But what I love most about them, besides the fact that they're, again, cozy and the best looking pants on my body, is the fact that they are constantly changing their designs all the time and they're the most affordable quality activewear on the market. Very high quality material. It's just amazing how this aligned and Fabletics manifest in my life because like I said, they really are the coziest and most fitting activewear for my body. They also have this really cool VIP members program, which gives you better deals of about 50% off regular prices, plus free shipping and additional perks that you can't resist. So I actually ended up joining that. And so, Tribe, again, Fabletics is gifting you two leggings for only $24, which is a $99 value. So just visit fabletics.com forward slash magic. I'll leave it in the show notes. That's fabletics.com forward slash magic and pick your two pairs. So... Any advice, because I love that you both are yoga teachers together too, so any advice for aspiring yoga teachers today? Just uh, teach what you know, teach what you practice, and oftentimes, you know, sometimes people ask me, well, I'm so nervous to teach, and da 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 and I, and the, the one sort of piece of sort of counsel I would offer is that it's not about you. <laughs> it's really not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's really the yoga works. If you're practicing like yoga that you have tested on yourself and experimented with and it's, you know, time tested, mother approved, like, you know, it works because you've, you've had the experience that it works. You just need to remember that it works and to get out of the way and not, you know, insert too much of your own sort of neurosis or anxiety. Don't put that on your students. Don't make it about your ego or a performance or anything like that. Just really create this it's a great service like create a space where people can breathe and connect and relax and drop in you know maybe play some really you know beautiful elegant music and get the temperature nice and the lighting good and and then just be present and i think what people really respond to in my experience is that if you're in a real sort of loving generous um, place and you just want to be of service and people are going to have an awesome experience consistently the yoga yoga will do its thing you know you you we're just the, you know, we're just the guide by the side. So as long as you put the yoga first, it'll work. Mm-hmm. Isn't it true that you and your wife used to do it every single day, except for maybe Christmas every year, like teach it at your studio? Yeah, we taught all the classes. We've, we've had wow. a studio for like over 15 years. Wow. How did you balance it all? So much to well, you start small and you and you go for the long haul. So you keep your overhead down and you do most of the the lion's share of the work. You do it yourselves and and then you grow it by proving that you can offer a consistent quality experience. And then people will develop trust. Um, but you can't be flighty. Like we didn't even travel for probably the first three years, just so we could be, you know devoted, disciplined, committed to the community. And it just grows over time. And then that became the platform to do all the other stuff that we do. And 
And uh, I think one of the biggest things for creative people is, you know, the tendency to want to make that your career out of the gate, (laughs) you know, and people don't realize, yeah, if you put a lot of pressure on your craft, um, it could crush it, you know, so you have to really tend to it. It's like, it's like um, raising a child in a way in those, those early years or those formidable years, like you want to protect it, you know, you want to take care of it. You don't want to just put it out in the world right away. You got to develop it and, and, and create it and hone it. And then there'll come a time where the universe will let you know, okay, I think you're ready to kind of scale it. Mm-hmm. Follow that and just expands and you just keep coming back to the basics, back to, back to what that initial spark that inspired you in the beginning so that you don't get too bitter or jaded. Um, and just keep coming back and stay fresh, stay innocent, stay open, stay playful, stay clear. And most of all, just, just have fun with it because if you're having fun with it, then you'll, you'll do it for a really long time. Yes. Oh, that's also great advice for any artist. I'm also going to ask you any advice for aspiring musicians out there. So any advice for them? Uh, just tune your instrument. Just tune your instrument. <laughs> that's so great. Are you willing to do a rapid fire round? Yeah, let's do it. This is awesome. the bonus round? It's a bonus round, but you got to spit let's it out. It. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Dog or cat person? Dog. Do I need a buzzer? <laughs> oh, if you have one, that'd be fun. <laughs> I like have- both. I really do, but I'll, I'll lean toward dogs. Me too. Okay. Write music in the morning or at night? All day, every day. All day. How about what time of day do you prefer to flow, morning or night? All day, every day. It just comes when it comes. What is your favorite song off the Only Love Is Real album? Um, I really like Road Home, the song with Trevor Hall. It's really fun. Yes, we do. Yoga or music? Um, art, <laughs> because that's the combination of the two. Ah, you are mixing all this up, Ashtanga or Vinyasa? Vinyasa. I did Ashtanga for many years, but it's it's very rigid. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just such a creative person. I, I need to kind of break out of boxes. But it was a good foundation. Absolutely. I mean, it gave me my chops. Yeah. You can tell You can tell when teachers have a background in Ashtanga. And to be honest, my favorite teachers have had a background in Ashtanga because there's something more that they see. Knows. Yeah. No, it's – well, it's very, it's very energetic. And any time that you're doing something linked to the breath, you're infusing it with spirit. And I think that's the reason why I was so attracted to Ashtanga yoga was because it was all about uh, Ujjayi deep breathing and – I carry that forward and it has been really helpful for me. Yeah. Favorite comic book superhero? Ah, oh, that's a tough one, man. That's, <laughs> there's so many. Boy. Fine. Favorite three. <laughs> that make it easier. Yeah. I'll say the X-Men because there's so many of them. And definitely Spider-Man was a big one growing up. Batman. I mean, Doctor Strange is cool. There's so many. It's just... It's, <laughs> Well, if you had a comic book superhero power, what would it be? My power would be to – oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I would fly. I yeah. think flying would be pretty legit. Yeah. What about – what is your superhero power now? Uh, patience. Ooh. Uh, Beatles or the Beastie Boys? Ooh. <laughs> Ah, Beastie Boys. Really? Wow. Um, Musician who inspires you right now? Uh, Let me 
musician who inspires me right now? Contemporary one. That's a great. That's a great question too. There's so many people. It's a long list, man. It's a long list. For, or how about first two that just pop in your mind, even though there's more? Well, I, I mean, I just really like storytellers. You know, I like Nas and Slick Rick and stuff like that. Like, yeah. But then, I mean, contemporary. I don't know. I'll, I'll come back to that one. <laughs> okay, we'll revisit it. Um, could you see yourself still becoming a cartoonist or comic book illustrator, you know, in the near future, perhaps your next book? I think so. Yes, I think, so. I, I think you should still follow that, to be honest, if I just could add my little two cents. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> Book you're currently reading, if any. Um, I always have a copy of the Bhagavad Gita uh, yes. close at hand. That's, that's my go-to. Yeah. Define love. Uh, it's undefinable. Mm. Musician who inspires you. <laughs> Current musician. Yes, contemporary musician. Oh gosh. Fine. It's tough. It's tough for me. That's a hard one for me. <laughs> oh, how about maybe someone that you worked with? I guess all of them. Yeah, they're all good. Okay. You're you're like myself, MC Yogi. That answer works. Nah. I would say like honestly it's it's really like you know, there's certain producers that I really vibe on. Like I'm, I'm kind of like a beat sort of fanatic and, you know, I chop, I chop drums and, and make stuff and, you know, I, I produce as well, but it's, it's really in kind of a messy haphazard way. And I just kind of find stuff that falls together and sounds kind of tight and dope, weird. And, and I just, I love sounds and there's just so many producers that, that I really love like Pete Rock, old Kanye, like just, you know, it's just a long list for me, so it's hard to just nail it down to one. Well, it shows you're passionate about it. I love old Kanye, too. So, this is a big question. Yeah. The universe gave you free billboards to share one message across mm. the main highways in major cities all around the world. What would these billboards read? Uh, put your phone down. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so great. And so one last question that I ask all the Your Own Magic guests, how would you advise the Your Own Magic listeners to create their own magic? Well, it's so interesting because someone once told me like in the industry, you know, for me in the music industry is like, you could have all the things necessary to be successful. You could have a booking agent, you could have a manager, you could have a record label, you could have fans, you could have a tour. But if you don't, sort of create your own magic if you don't you yourself internally inside yourself and in, in through your process of your craft whether it's music or anything else like if you don't create your own magic all those other things are meaningless because they all revolve around that single most the most important thing which is like your joy your enthusiasm your drive your spirit your energy your unique authentic voice your signature like it all stems from that seed that single innermost point of your spark, you know, like what makes you uniquely you, like your, the way you express it, the way you do it, only you can really put your, your signature on it like that. So, and sometimes it takes a long time to figure out what that magic is, but it's all about trial and error, experiments, 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 practice, make mistakes, mess up, make a mess. Like, 
you know, just get in there and just start to work with what you got, whatever your uh, materials are, painter, writer, poet, photographer, um, whatever. It's just like, how do you bring that inner spark of that, your unique, authentic self out through the top layers of your mind, out through your skin, like out into the world around you? And that's really the call of the creative. Like, no one else can do that for you. You can take classes, tutorials, you can develop skills, which will be really helpful. But essentially, no one else but you can do the actual work of bringing your magic out into the open. And so developing some kind of practice, you know, some kind of rhythm or routine so you're in the process because you're never going to know what that magic is unless you're in the process of actually bringing it out. Wow. <laughs> Chills. I think we all know that too. I think it's, it's pretty like – the thing is, is like it's pretty. The mo- like I think all the truths we already know, like down deep, we already know what's mm-hmm. true, and we know that there's no shortcut. We know that no one else can do it. And even if someone else did come and gave you a bunch of money and like hooked you up or whatever, like that's gonna pass, and then you're gonna be left with yourself after it's gone. So it all bends and curves and is brought back. To, to that magic, that spark inside of you and, and, and our rela- in the relationship we develop with it, you know, being in that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, even though we do know it deep down, when someone articulates it and it hits the core of us like you just did and chills arise, that's when we just are reminded of this truth within. So thank you for reminding us of so many truths and sharing your story. Wow. Thanks Raquel. It was really nice talking with you. It was amazing talking with you. Where can everyone find you and connect with you? I would say probably the best, the one of the best things you could do is um, pick up uh, my book, spiritual graffiti. You can get it on Amazon. There's an audible, um, and it's just a great way to kind of enjoy the story and the journey and get some teachings and inspiration along the way. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm around all the social media platforms and whatnot. And, and actually, I got some great online yoga classes, which are really cool. Yeah. On, uh, Where can everyone find you in, online for yoga classes? Well, there's two places right now. One is called Yoga Glow. There's some great classes on there. And then an, a new one that I just recorded it's on uh, with a company called Aloe Moves. And that was really cool because it's got music and I'm working with my, my friend and DJ, DJ Drez. Um, so those classes are really pretty fresh. And It was great. Um, That's the one I did. It was wonderful. Oh, cool. And the oh, DJ in the you. background, it was like, oh, this is so exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, Aloe Moves is pretty cool. You're a great DJ. Oh, thanks. MC Yogi. Thank you so much. Seriously, it's so honored. Oh, likewise. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you too. And I'll be talking to your wife next. That's exciting. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) She's a lot smarter than I. (laughs) Dear Yomi, thank you so much, so, so much for lending your ear. I... I hope something in this spoke to your soul. And will you please, please say hello in the Your Own Magic Facebook group to all of the Soul Tribers. And if you, if you like this podcast, I would so love to read your review. 
And of course, I'll gift you a free guided meditation from yourownmagic.life, which by the way, has many meditations, meditative imaginings, journal questions, magic monthly challenges, and just other spiritual tools for your soul. More on yourownmagic.life when you join the Soul Tribe exclusive site for $4.44 per month. I'm just thankful for us spiritualists to gather together and have a safe space to help us tap into our own magic. Anyways, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening and have a magical day.